great to get ready for Halloween, isn't it? See, Leah, I even got my costume on. I think there was somebody called Pippi Longstockings at one time, but no, you doesn't make it, huh, Gene? Well, good morning, church. I'm Al Hansen. I'm recently retired business director of business administration here, as you know, and uh, I'm honored to bring the message today. Now, somebody uh, close to me uh, gave me a word of wisdom as I was preparing this. They said, uh, there's a fine line between a long, drug-out sermon and a hostage situation. <laughs> I'll try not to do either one for you today, but it's my prayer that you'll be blessed uh, for worshiping with us today. I want to invite you to turn in your Bible. In a moment, I'm going to invite Caroline uh, Blumenthal to come up and read the scripture for us. But turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 10. Uh, if you're using the Pew Bible, it's on page one. 040. Okay? And just uh, keep that because we're going to be referring to that in some passages around it, and you'll want to keep that open. But as we uh, prepare to hear the message today, uh, I've invited Gene to lead us in singing our song, Sanctuary. We'll sing it through twice, first to the piano and then a cappella. And let's offer this as a prayer of inviting God to prepare us for the work that He would have us do. Let us remain standing as Caroline comes to read for us today's word. The scripture this morning is Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 9 and 16 through 17. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of Harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, 
the kingdom of God has come near to you. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Lord, may the seeds planted by your word in our hearts today bear much fruit in the days, months, and years to come. We ask for your blessing, not just upon ourselves, but also upon those from whom we share your good news. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Caroline, for reading the scripture this morning. Today we take our second step in our stewardship campaign, Lord, Prepare Me. Excuse me, Reverend Hansen, but before you get started today, I have, you, I have a few questions. Do you mind if I ask them? Not at all. Uh, I, I think that's great that you're taking the passages seriously that, that you read. I only hope that I can answer your questions. Well, first, the scripture says 70 were sent out. Where did the 70 come from? I thought there were only 12 disciples. Well, that's a great question. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples. These were the ones that uh, were called to uh, be prepared to share the message of the kingdom of God. Uh, the message of repentance, the message of salvation, the message of new life for those who would receive it. However, we know too that Jesus had other followers who gathered around and maybe even traveled with him from place to place. In uh, chapter 9 of the book of Luke, verses 51 through 55, indicate that maybe it was Jesus' practice to send messengers out ahead of him. Uh, we know that when he entered Jerusalem, he sent the disciples to get a donkey that it appears he had already prepared to have ready for him. Or when he gathered with the disciples to uh, share the Passover meal, what we call the Last Supper, he had already had a, a room prepared for him. So it seems it was Jesus' practice to send messengers out ahead of time. Now, the number 70 is, is kind of interesting it's not necessarily random in Jewish literature uh, the number seven or seventy um, is kind of considered a, a perfect number pastor Cindy referred that to us a couple weeks ago when we were talking about forgiveness but also in the books of Exodus and numbers uh, it refers to the seventy leaders of Jerusalem also in Jewish literature there is a uh, reference to the 70 Gentile nations. So I think maybe Luke is taking this number uh, of people being sent out to connect uh, the Jewish people who had received the message of the coming of God to take it to folks who had not yet heard about that. If we think about a church, any church, let, let's think about Faith Westwood. We have leaders, the, the 12 if you will, the pastor, the staff, those elected to, to serve on committees to help us prepare for what we should be about. And then we have the 70, the, the rest of us, if you will, who are followers of Jesus, believers, who part of the community of faith, the faithful. Uh, we all have a mission to do, a work to do, uh, a witness to make in those places where we live and work and play and contend with life. So uh, I guess I'd say the 70 represent all of us. We have a mission. Well, that's helpful. 
I get the picture. All of us are to be witnesses at school, at work, and in our interactions. That's our mission, too. We're the 70. <laughs> cool. But I have some more questions. Okay. I, I think we got a good thing going on here. What else is on your mind? Well, if we, as a faith community, are supposed to be missionaries for Jesus, how do we do that? I mean, here we are in the middle of this stewardship campaign. That sounds kind of like business-oriented more than mission-oriented. I'd like to offer an answer to that question if I can. Um, I am Kyle Macklin, and I'm a member of the Board of Trustees. It seems to me that the message of the disciples and the 70 were given was that the kingdom of God had come near, that God was in their midst, and that we work so that God's will will be done on earth as in heaven. There is indeed a business side to our mission, for it takes some organization to prepare folks to become deep, daring, daily disciples, as we like to say around here. As a trustee, I think one of the silent ways we serve as messengers to the kingdom's presence in the community is this building. It sits here 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. The bell rings out, the cross rises high above the homes and the businesses as a reminder that Jesus is here, God is present. It is here that we gather and prepare ourselves to go out into the world. There is a cost to that witness of presence. It represents just about 23% of our budget, or $24.70 every hour of every day. I think there, this is where we start with the message that Christ is present. That is a message that we all support. Thank you, Kyle. Okay, I get that. I'm so thankful that we have a place to come and worship where we can take time to come before God, offer our songs of praise, pray, and hear the word read, which I'm so honored to get to do that today. I also love sitting and being inspired by music, sharing communion, and seeing folks back, baptized and join the church. Isn't it in Matthew that the believers are sent out to teach and baptize and find believers? Yes, it is. Hi, I'm Donna Sandoval, the director of worship here at Faith Westwood. Welcome, everyone. Worship stands at the heart of our faith community. It's our core expression drawing us closer to God and opening us to the Holy Spirit's transformational power. Echoing the Great Commission found in Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, we embrace our role in witnessing Christ's love and his message. Here we unite to celebrate and encounter God, fostering a deep, evolving relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a collaborative, spirit-filled experience involving everyone from welcomers to technicians to readers to pastors to singers and musicians. We all contribute to this unique journey that we all do together. Reflecting on the biblical 12 disciples and the 70 sent by Jesus, many among us serve in various roles to help fulfill our mission. They're integral to our worship, living testimonies of Christ's presence in our everyday lives, aiding us all witnessing through our actions. Now let's touch on a practical side. Our worship ministry is a substantial endeavor. It represents nearly 28% of the ministry fund budget, underlining its centrality to our mission. With over 105 worship events yearly, both in-house and online, we're committed to the accessibility and the diversity in worship. 
It's notable that orchestrating each service requires about $2,542.18 whopping cents. <laughs> A testament to our dedication and resources that we employ here. This investment symbolizes our unwavering commitment to fostering spiritual growth and the community bonding together. Thank you for being a part of our journey. And let's continue to flourish in faith together. Well, gee, I never knew that worship cost that much. We seem to have gotten into some business things. That isn't exactly where my questions were going, but since we've gotten here, let me ask how the business part of church is part of Jesus's mandate of being sent. Well, I, I think maybe I can tackle that one for us, Caroline. You know, uh, Jesus sent out the disciples uh, on their missions, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Uh, he said, go out there and don't take anything with you. Uh, there will be others who will provide for them. We know that as Jesus traveled around, he needed places to eat, he needed places to rest, um, and there were those in the background who, who supported that. He, for example, he stayed at a house where a sick man was let down through the roof to be healed. We know that in Bethany, he stayed with Mary and, and Martha. Um, so there were those in the background who were supporting the ministry and making it possible to, to, uh, to go on. You know, I've had the honor of being the uh, business administrator here at Faith Westwood, and I know there's a, a business side to things. There's, there's expenses in the background uh, that support all of the mission and, and ministry here. Uh, stuff that goes on to, to uh, provide the, the supplies that we need and take care of the overhead costs. These administrative costs represent about 25 and a third percent of our ministry fund budget. So these are significant. So that's like the secretaries, administrators, custodians, and supplies that support my teachers at school? I don't always see that stuff, but I get how important it is. I still have a couple of questions about our role as messengers of Jesus in the kingdom of God. You know, this is good stuff, Caroline. It's helping us think about the various ways uh, that we're all sharing in the ministry and the mission here at Faith Westwood. You have anything else on your mind? I understand the business stuff. I haven't given it... I haven't given it much thought to things like the ministry of presence, but I'm still wondering about the disciples and the 70 being sent out. If I read the Bible correctly, there are four times that the followers of Jesus are, are told to go out on a, witness, on a mission to witness. So how are we here going out, so to speak? Well, you're correct. The, the disciples and the 70, the followers of Jesus, uh, were called to go out and share the good news. Um, one of my favorite passages is, is in Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 11. It's part of the ascension story. Jesus appears to the disciples, and as he's preparing to go into heaven, he says, uh, look, I want you to go to Jerusalem, that city where you live, and to Judea, the area around the city where you live. And I want you to go to Samaria, that place where good, respectable people don't go. And I want you to go to the ends of the earth. And then he ascends to heaven, and the disciples are standing there watching him go. And as if to put an emphasis on it, an angel comes and says, why are you still standing here? Uh, you know, you've got, a, you've got a job to do. Uh, 
The point being the church isn't a fortress where we come and sit and take care of ourselves and wait for Jesus to return. Um, It's a mission outpost where we're sent out into the world uh, to share the good news of the gospel. Um, And uh, we do that. Let let me start, if you will, with the ends of the earth. Uh, There are places that we can't get to on our own. There are ministries that we as individuals aren't prepared to do. We need special folks to do those. And so we kind of gather our money uh, with other United Methodists in what we call mission shares. And uh, together we support these ministries all around the world. Uh, Typically a mission share is about 10% of the ministry fund budget. We had to make some cuts last year and so that was reduced to about five and two-thirds percent of our ministry budget. Our hope is that in in 2024 we can get that back up to 10 percent of tithe. Our mission shares uh, don't include um, money that we might give to uh, the Committee on Relief, special events, or the missions that our children, like you guys, go on in the summer, or adults have gone on in in the past. So you see, uh, we do reach faraway places in Christ's name, the the ends of the earth, if you will, um, as Jesus told us to do by pooling together. That's significant, but what about more locally? How do we, uh, how are we in a mission locally? This on? Okay. Hi, I'm Dustin Smith, and I work with the local missions committee here at Faith Westwood. We do so much locally. We can start with the pantry, pantry garden, and the children's garden, and the Thanksgiving baskets. These are all food programs to help feed those who are food challenged in our community. Then there's the middle school, where we provide school supplies, items for their store, and teacher appreciation. We, of course, have the Helping Hands and Blessed Friends Fund to aid those who are are in financial need. We just recently finished our Outside the Walls program. We look after the local park, offer prayer blankets. We've also provided masks during the COVID pandemic. We partner with Iglesia Communitaria to ensure a witness in another part of town. These are just some of the many things that we do locally to carry the mission of the love of Jesus. Each Sunday, we take up a heartfelt offering for some local mission. We know in 2022, the last year that we've had a complete accounting of our mission work, that we gave more to mission ministry work than we collected from our Sunday offerings. We do all of that outside the ministry fund. I'm starting to see that not only are we sent, but that we really do go out and witness for Jesus in a lot of ways. Some of the things that haven't been mentioned yet are our children's and student ministries or faith groups. I know they're important here. How do they fit into this mandate to carry the message for Jesus? Wow, Caroline, you really are paying attention. Uh, Our theme this year in stewardship is Lord, Prepare Me. And, you know, we, we sang the song, Lord, Prepare Me, last week to be a sanctuary. This week to be a missionary. Lord, prepare us uh, to be that holy place where you abide and you fill us and prepare us to live the life that you would have us live. Now, we've already mentioned how worship helps prepare us, but so do these other ministries that you ask about. You know, our our children's ministry, uh, that place where kids are introduced to Jesus and to the love of Jesus, and they they learn what it means to have a relationship with Jesus and then love others 
in return on behalf of Jesus. And our student ministry, where kids like you are invited to ask questions about their faith and to wrestle with issues and, and uh, make a decision for Christ uh, and begin to put their faith into practice and through confirmation accept Christ as their savior and uh, their guide in life. And then we have faith groups. Faith groups uh, are places where adults are invited to uh, continue to grow deeper in their faith as they explore more complex issues, uh, as they seek to become those deep, daring, daily disciples. It's also places where they find support for each other, uh, for the joys and sorrows that they experience in life. Um, you know, Jesus gathered folks, and he taught them, and he worked with them, and he prepared them to go out. And so faith groups are that place where we gather. We we're sustained, and we grow, and we go out. So the, uh, the goal of these ministries of preparation, as I like to call them, is to helping us move from a place where we know about Jesus to having a relationship with Jesus, and then are prepared to go out and live for Jesus. And these ministries of preparation uh, make up about 12 and two-thirds of our ministry fund budget. You know, Caroline, there, there's two other parts of, um, that I'd like to, to bring to your attention. Uh, first, we know about our, our ministry fund. That's, uh, it's part of that, and that's our congregational care. Uh, this is where hospital visitation takes place and uh, homebound ministries happen where we provide meals and grief share ministries. Um, it's in these congregational care ministries that the, the sick are visited and we pray continually for folks as they let us know what they are. We, we counsel with folks uh, as they're getting ready to be married or they have other issues, personal concerns in life. We know that this year our pastor and our director of congregational care took substantial uh, cuts in, in their pay, but they still delivered the same amazing pastoral care that they always have. Um, that part of our ministry fund budget represented about five, you know, 5.4, 5.14% of, of our 23 budget. Lastly, let me mention Love and Learn, our Christian daycare center. It's largely financed by uh, tuition that people pay, uh, but it's a very significant ministry. Recently, it's kind of become needed some mission support. Before COVID, it, we were providing care for about 130 kids. And doing that, Love and Learn was able to contribute a good amount of money uh, back to the church. Since COVID, the enrollment has dropped down significantly, um, but they're still doing great things. In uh, 2023, their budget was larger than the church's budget. Uh, about 72 and three quarters percent of their budget went direct to direct care of, of children. Only 15 and two thirds percent went to administrative costs. And they still are seeking to contribute back about 11 and, and two-thirds, 11.6% uh, back to the church to help with 
uh, utilities and overhead and that kind of thing. You know, next year, Love and Learn will be celebrating its 30th year in business. And we're going to have some special events to mark that. Uh, but the records that we have show that in 26 of those 30 years, Love and Learn has contributed $2,598,000 some odd dollars back to the church budget. That's a significant uh, amount. You know, Caroline, you've asked some really good questions today, and it's clear from them that uh, we're supposed to be uh, a mission outpost and uh, a place where folks are prepared to be a sanctuary and then to be sent out to do witness, to be a holy people deployed as messengers of the truth that the kingdom of God is present and that Jesus brings new life to those who will receive it. One last observation. Our scripture says the 70 returned with joy and said, Lord, even demons submit in your name. What can we say about that? Well, I believe that uh, we can join with those 70 and we can be joy-filled as well. You know, if we look, we see amazing things happening here at Faith Westwood. We see lives changed. We see people accepting Christ as their Savior. We see people seeking to deepen their faith. We see people sharing their faith in all kinds of ways and helping others. And in that way, we see uh, the darkness that's in the community being turned to light. People find hope and comfort and encouragement and support. Uh, folks are reaching out and caring about other people. It doesn't matter if they're like them or different from them. It, it really doesn't matter. You know, we have three streams of expenses and uh, revenue here. First is our ministry fund, where our regular giving, our pledges uh, support. We have the mission giving, which is that second mile um, giving, that heartfelt Sunday offering that goes to special events. We have love and learn that we mentioned, um, that we commit to caring for children of the community. We are indeed a mission outpost uh, that seeks to touch a lot of lives. Uh, it's important to note that our ministry fund budget is critical. It's the foundation on which everything else uh, depends. And if our mission fund uh, budget isn't supported, it falters, everything else is going to falter. Uh, we can be joy-filled because the word is shared here. Uh, the kingdom of God is, is given witness to here. Uh, it's a place where God's presence abides. You know, <laughs> scripture says you're a light set on a hill. We're sort of in a little valley here, but we're still a light to the community. I hope you all rejoice in being part of uh, the ministry that goes on here. You can rejoice in the many ways that we witness to Christ in our midst. And I invite you, as you think about your commitment for 2024, to think seriously about what you will uh, give to your presence, your gifts, your service, and uh, support that uh, ministry fund budget. Uh, that's so, so critical. Um, and I hope that you'll take that next step in giving uh, 
as you seek to become a tither and, and uh, reach that goal, the standard that Scripture puts out for us, that we can become tithers. Caroline, I want to thank you for sharing the Scripture and uh, asking important questions today to help us meditate on uh, the Word and so that we can move from not just uh, knowing about the Word, but letting it live in us and transform us and shape us. So thank you so much. You know, um, a few years ago, I had a friend of mine, a, a member of a church that I served, ask me, uh, what makes us think that we need to give an hour of our time to go and sit and have somebody tell us how we ought to live our life? And my answer to that is twofold. First of all, coming to church isn't about us. It's about God and about Jesus and what he did for us. He deserves that. He's earned that. Uh, it's what we owe God. The second answer to that is about us. And I think that uh, the Bishop Willimon says it well. He points out that there's a lot of voices out there in the world that want to tell us who we are want to tell us what we should be about, what the purpose of our life is. But as a Christian, we come so that Sunday after Sunday, little by little, we are assumed by another story. And that story is called gospel. That's why we need to come, so that we hear the word. The world isn't going to give us that word. That word is heard here. And it's important that we be shaped by that word. So I'm glad you're here. And I hope you were blessed by our service today.